love this week's show. Show? The big dance is about to start. So enjoy it. 80 minutes of grand final football underway here at ANZ Stadium. And Cordner's through the 20 metre line. Five gone. Chambers is down at the back of the play of the ball. It's a penalty to the Roosters. 18 metres out and he boots it deep down to the northern end. Still a good opportunity here for the Roosters. A floater. Cooper make it. Oh, my goodness, he nearly carried the ball too far. But Daniel Cooper. Five metres out from the line. A chance again for Sydney. Fred goes across to Kiri. Kiri on to Tedesco. Tedesco gets it to Mitchell. He's over. The trail Mitchell has scored in the same corner. Down that lethal left side. And they go to Kiri on the right side. Not much territory to work on with that kick. It's been battled in by Ferguson to Tokyo. Oh, he drops the ball. Smith again. Behind Kafusi, out to Croft, oh, bad pass. Chambers had to reach back for it. And then Mitchell takes him into touch, and then they scuttle up. Good contribution since he came on. Munster to the line, a surface all of the knocks on. Advantage Roosters, and Jake Friend is down to the 30 metre line, but run down by Addo Carr. Second effort. That's the first time we've seen us so far, Solomon, at 10 minutes. Wow. Orbison will play the ball a couple of metres from that line. And here's a quick ball for Tedesco, Manu! Manu has scored for Sydney. On the right side of the ground, 22 metres out from the line. Oh, it's straight through Felice Kafusi as the Roosters come right through, Croc on to Carey. To Orbison, gives it out to Tedesco, quick hands, Manu, Ferguson! I know, it's no try! Smith again, this time Kafusi, reverse ball back to Smith, then it's to Slater, double pumps, gets it out to Munster, there's a rooster down in back play, he's been taken out. I had no try. Hasn't restarted the tackle count. It's back to Munster, and uh, oh. he's knocked down, I think, by the Roosters. Ferguson has come away with it. If he lets it go, Cameron Munster, they score. But Bradley has gone to Kiri. Kiri's oh, on the ground, oh. and O'Carr's away. They're after him. But Addo Carr, like, like Green's Lightning. There so was... Melbourne get on the board. There was no reason to throw this pass away, did you? Kiri. Here it is for Kiri, takes the shot, he likes it. Croft, now Cameron Smith. Here's Munster, into the line, Scott again, and Manu puts him down. Brilliant defence. Two and a half minutes to go. Manu. What was that? Hang on, hang on. Well, somebody Chins. said he, he's a kick involved here. Bad. I don't like it. It's on report. Go the bed. That is not on. Go. Here comes the siren. It's Tony Iroh. Many years ago. There it is. It's over. 
good day, everybody. It's episode 191 of Not The Footy Show, and the Sydney Roosters are your premiers for 2018. I'm Warwick Nicholson, and I'm joined once again by my good mate and speed demon extraordinaire, Mr. Robert Cox. Cock-a-doodle-doo, mate. <laughs> How are you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling good, mate. How'd you, how'd you pull up? Everyone has talked about the Kronk injury, mm. the Blake Ferguson injury. Yep. You know, uh, I think even Cameron Munster's shin has been uh, checked whether it's okay after that vicious mm. headbutt from somebody. I think Joseph Manu the other night. But your calf, mate, you, you got through an entire grand final day with a dodgy calf. How did you do it? The calf isn't an issue today, but the left knee is. Um, yeah, mate, I got through with the calf. That's all right. But the, the, the left knee, when I walk today, sounds like if you could imagine three or, good big, three or four good big stones in a blender. That's what it sounds like. That sounds like. fantastic. Mm. It's, but I, I guess I'm, I'm asking, we, we, you had a chat to Paddy Richards the other day. It's been really well received. Thanks for the feedback so far, people. And actually, Paddy finally got back to me, so <laughs> you, you'll keep, Richards. Um, essentially, you had to decide what you're going to do going into that yeah. game. And how, do you, how do you prepare for a big game like that? Because I'm sure it's exactly the same as what Pat went through oh, and, what, and what Creeper went through. You know? Probably more intense than either of those two oh, lightweights. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yes, mate, I had to decide whether I'd be trotting up and down a sideline or I'd be sitting on my sizable rump in the end goal, in the end zone. And I split the difference and went first half run, second half sit. So that's what and you know, know what? I think you made the right decision because... We'll get to the score and everything, 21 to 6 to the Roosters, but uh, all the action in the first half while you were running up and down and then pretty much nothing in the second. So good yep. decision, Cocksmith. Yep, that's, so, that's the way that we designed it, uh, Coops and I. We talked during the week and uh, that's the way I knew it was going to roll. Yeah, just like we knew he would definitely play. 100%. That was the most amazing thing. We will talk about Cooper Cronk, the brave, after this on Not The Footy Show, episode 191 or something. Not The Footy Show. Late, late. I think the whole idea is that you work so hard and these boys, you know, worked extremely hard from the, you know, the outset and you know, for me to get up, I just had, like, everyone at this football club has sacrificed something for me to be here and uh, it was just my duty to just do what I could possibly do to you know, hopefully repay that faith, you know, from the top down, everyone in this organisation sacrificed something for me to be here and uh, I don't take that responsibility lightly and that was the, the motivation to get out and get my job done tonight. Now, your game tonight was very different to what you normally do. You sort of set yourself on blindside. You, I know she'll kick protecting a lot. Had the team practiced that at all during the week, that style of play? Yeah, look, I didn't, we didn't really know whether I was going to be able to play. It was only a sort of a last-minute thing that we were able to get through a few things and, and do that. But there was a structure in place to the boys trained all week without me playing. And then uh, the whole idea was to use me up as a decoy because if they didn't see me as a threat, then I would have taken it back. Luke Carey was outstanding tonight. Uh, yeah, everything was set up for him to have the game of his life, and he delivered. What was the most painful thing out there? Where did you find the most pain come from? When uh, Nelson ran at me, when Joe Stimson ran at me, it was just the contact stuff. Um, yeah, Can I ask, on that one tackle where Nelson ran at you, did you have time to think? No, the whole idea, Freddie, is to just get some line speed to take a bit of the impact off, and hopefully... He plays away from me, but if he had to play short like he did, I just had to throw everything. But I've uh, never made a dominant tackle in my career, so I just shut my eyes and hope, hope for the best. Yeah, so after the game uh, Saturday night, uh, we knew it was a fractured scapula. It was broken right through the bone. Um, we told the players Sunday morning, told them to keep it quiet. Most people don't. You wouldn't be able to play with a 
uh, a fractured scapula right through the bone. Uh, we trained without him all week. And Friday morning, he was still trying to get to the game. And then Friday morning, I think he ruled himself out with me. He said, I don't know if I can make it. We did, uh, went and saw a doctor Friday afternoon. He rang me that night on the way home. He got jumped out and wrestled on the street with a physio. And he said, I'm in. And then he, but he couldn't train Saturday. We would have been too sore from the Friday afternoon workout. Uh, and he got injected uh, pre-game halftime. Toughest thing I've seen um, from an individual to go out there and play like that uh, with a fracture like it was. It was uh, it was incredible. So it's a strong, strong man. Thursday night on the footy show, I asked you a question. I said, do you know who's playing halfback Sunday? You said you did. Did you know it was going to be Cooper Cronk? Thursday night, I actually thought that he might play. We trained all week without him, and we had some different moves with centres moving around the park and, and doing some extra work. Latrell was going to do some extra kicking and some extra work there. The big thing is, as the Clive Churchill medalist, he walked in on Sunday morning with an attitude. You could, you could see it. I, I thought I might have to talk to him on Monday or Tuesday, but he decided how he was going to play on Sunday, and he said... If Cooper plays, we'll, we'll get it on. But if he doesn't play, we're still going after this. And he was really clear uh, right from the start. But uh, to be honest, I, I was still 50-50 Thursday night. Friday morning, he was out. Friday afternoon, he was in. What were you going to do if he didn't play? So I was going to defend Mitchell Orbison there. So I thought the double bluff might be actually to put him in seven and him actually play seven. But... Isaac Liu was going to play right edge back row. Mitchell Orbison was going to play seven. But Latrell Mitchell and Joseph Manu were going to drift a lot in attack, uh, which they ended up doing tonight. We ended up sticking with the plan in parts, but they were going to do a lot of receiver. And the reason um, Victor Radley started was he's more of a ball player than most of the others, so he was going to do a lot of distributing, which he did as well. Kiri was phenomenal. Sorry, Paul. Kiri was phenomenal. Yeah, he... But and the thing was, uh, you often see it in games, but in a grand final, that kid decided on Sunday how he was going to play today. And, and to, to do what he did tonight, he took the load. And even during the week, there wasn't a question. There wasn't, oh, what do you want me to do? No, no, I'm going to do this. In every team meeting, I'm going to do this. Okay, Roosters 21, Storm 6. Was it that close, Cocksmith? No. No, mate, they, I mean, obviously it was pretty darn close to being 21-0 um, because Adokar picked up a loose pass from Kiri and uh, intercept try virtually. Um, and, uh, yeah, mate, it, it, no, the Roosters just looked strong all night. <clears throat> they, um, their defence was very, very good. Um, and obviously Cooper was out there organising them until about the 77th or 78th minute and um, did so very well. Uh, mate, they... They didn't look really all that worried, um, to be honest with you. Um, for a few minutes there, after they went to twenty, oh, after they went to eighteen six, I think it was went to that score. Um, There's only twelve points in it. I think that they attacked the line. They they threw their last roll of the dice, uh, Melbourne, and they attacked the Roosters' line quite heavily for a few sets. Um, but the Roosters just came up with uh, you know tackle after tackle. A couple were desperate. Right? They they looked fantastic last night. They did, and the word you used was worrying. Were they worried through the game? Well, once Cronk announced to his teammates that he would play, 
think the worry would have just rolled off their shoulders. Uh, pardon the pun, because seriously, Kronk being out there just it just changed the dynamics massively. I don't think even we probably appreciated how big a, a lift that would give the Roosters entering into the game. We thought, you know, that we better they'll be able to play a little bit um, smarter, allowing Cleary to play as well as he did. But Cooper Kronk to go out there, they say it's a broken scapula. I keep hearing spatula every time I see it. <laughs> scapula. But uh, he just was like. I know that a lot of people, we, we're in a WhatsApp group, obviously everyone knows that, and I put him forward for Clive Churchill. I know Kira was probably the best player on that field, but just the fact that he was on there and he would have been barking instructions, he was running around avoiding getting tackled in one of the more, like I would love to watch, I wouldn't watch 80 minutes of it, but I'd love to watch a highlights compile of just where he defended the entire night because the Roosters kept pushing him from wing to, to, to centre, to the middle of the field, in behind the line, and then he'd move to the other side when players, oh, it was it was so hard for the storm to get any runners at him because he yeah. was just everywhere. Yeah. That was probably the more, I just think that that, that alone was impressive. Mm-hmm. And then adding to what he was allowed to let, what his presence allowed Kiri to do, who by all, like he just played so well for the whole match, but he got the ball, he's hit the ball in his hands a lot. Kronk didn't, but he didn't have to because when he got it, it was just in those periods that allowed Kiri to have a little break, allowed Jake Friend not to overplay his hand which I think was one of the absolute keys of the grand final. But I give Cooper Cronk so much credit for that performance. It was outstanding. Oh, mate, it was... Um, it, it, look, he, he, they were very smart. Um, and he did it the week before, but you know, very smart where he was defending because generally early in the tackle counts, you know, um, tackles one and two, he was on a wing. Then as the tackle count progressed, he moved in one position at a time. So he kind of went from wing to centre to edge and a couple of times found himself in the middle. But... If you think about it, most teams won't go wide early. They'll play through the middle quite early in a set of six, so they're not going to come to his wing. Um, and then as the, the sets progress, they might go a little wider. But the reason he was moving and not just staying on the wing uh, really was because you know he didn't want to get isolated on a wing um, on a late tackle with a winger running at him. Um, yep. And um, he didn't want them to know exactly where he was. So, yeah, he, he just kept moving. And um, he made, I think he made half a dozen tackles. Um, and, you know, none of them were, you know, straight onto his left shoulder or anything like that. He had a lot of protection around him. But he played amazing. He, he kicked the ball um, three or four times. He was nonstop talking, trying to settle his players down, trying to, you know, he's telling them to relax all the time. Just relax. Just, yep. you know, just slow down. Relax. Let's just relax. Yeah, and, um, you know, uh, uh, there was a nice moment um, or, you know, an interesting moment anyway when Cameron Smith uh, tackled him after a kick and um, I think I think Cam might have got him a little late and roughed him up a little bit and um, he ended up there with, um, with Cooper with a hand around Cameron's throat, which, you know, I guess he wasn't happy with the tackle because it was a little late and whatnot, but there's still some, uh, there's still some issues between those two, mate, definitely. Yeah, there's some lingering resentment might be the right way of putting it. Mm. There was two times, I think, where Smith definitely went after him. There's a few more that uh, players tried to get out and, and put him on his rear. There's one thing that I noticed in the highlights package this morning when I watched and Billy Slater was running out. I don't know why he was running out in the front line, but he actually slapped Cronk right on the uh, shoulder as he was running by him. Right. Uh, so if I'm, if I'm going to be out here this close to you, I'm not going to let you get away without uh, getting a little uh, slap and tickle. <laughs> and um, what was... Really, really important for the Roosters, as you said it there with the talk, just the confidence boost that he gives them. Mm. 
there was another player as, as impressive as Kronk was to play through that king. And, and look, I think probably his best tackle he made wasn't even a tackle. It was getting run over by Nelson and Sofa Solomona to stop that try. Yeah. That clearly wasn't a try that Munster went over for. But, you know, he got in the way. Yeah. He definitely uh, seemed worse for the wear afterwards. But I'll give uh, Nelson Sofa Solomona credit. He could have absolutely pulverized Kronk then. Yeah, he, well, he actually, he, he actually tried to get out of the way. Yeah, he he could have he could have run over him like a steam train and still have only copped a penalty. Um, yep. and it kind of makes me wonder why he didn't. Um, mm. But well, the instruction clearly was. I think Joe Stimson went out at least one time to try and mow him down. That was probably a really indicative of the game is that the yeah. Storm's intent was there, but they were on such a back foot for yeah. most of the match, if not all the match, that that ability to get out and just absolutely crush him, yep. especially when he didn't touch the ball a whole lot. Brilliant coaching, mate. Look, brilliant, brilliant positioning. I think, I think, um, you know, t- in a way, I think Cronk being injured, um, it, it it made it made Melbourne kind of maybe play a different game to what they would have wanted to play. I don't think they, you know, they, they couldn't help themselves but target him a little bit, but that took their mind off the main job a little bit, and and you know, <clears throat> Roosters played a, played a fantastic first ten or fifteen minutes and got their got their. Um, uh, field position organised really well, and from that moment on, from the, from about the fifteen minute or ten minute mark onwards, it was like Melbourne were trying to play catch up in the arm wrestle, and um, yep. and never did, and and never could. Um, uh, you know, I mean, look, the Roosters were just outstanding from from one through seventeen. They were just well, one through twenty three. They were just outstanding. Yep. Um, you know, Latrell Mitchell. Latrell Mitchell should have been the first centre picked for the Australian team, which we'll discuss later on. Yes. Um, we uh, Blake Ferguson was immense, as was Tupu and Tedesco. I mean, we could go through them all and give them all at least an 8 out of 10. They were fantastic, every one of them. They were. Let's quickly talk about Ferguson. Apparently, he did uh, break a tibia or one of the Fib- in his A fibula, leg. I believe. Tibia. A fibia. Uh, 20 minutes or 30 minutes to go in the game, and he, and he played through it. Hmm. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, right. he's never going to have the same... Uh, What's the word? Credit that, that Kronk will get mm, for it, but that's yeah. not a bad effort. Oh, firstly, um, thanks, Joyce, uh, for coming tonight and um, handing out the medal. Uh, thanks to Melbourne. Um, three grand finals in a row. Uh, it's a tough thing to do. You're an awesome team, Cameron and Craig. Obviously, Billy um, and, and Ryan Hoffman. You've had both had great careers. Uh, it's been a pleasure to play against you. I uh, wish you nothing but the best. To our boys. We did it. Uh, it's been, been an awesome year. Um, this medal, everyone's got a little bit of it. Uh, all 30 of us, all the support staff. I can't thank you enough. And um, let's party, eh? Two elements nice. we have to talk about. Yeah. Uh, is uh, I think it goes in this order. It's the Bondi Wall, which people have been coining. Um, their defence was fantastic, yeah. but it was their it was their willingness to run off the back of that defence yeah. that just impressed me so much about uh, the Roosters. Their outside backs got through a mountain of work, yeah. but it was really evident from the start of the match that the flow was in with the Roosters. You, you, where I was sitting, I was quite elevated. But I had a really interesting look at the the first ten minutes in particular, and that the way that that the game sort of moves yep. across the field, it was definitely pushing back towards the Storm try line. And from that point on, the Roosters pack did not let 
Melbourne get off the ropes. Yeah. And that's the, that's the first part of the game, which leads into the Clive Churchill medalist, which was Luke Keary. And just, mate, give us a summation of, of what you thought he played, how, he, how you thought he played. Yeah, look, Luke Keary stepped up massively last night and, and proved that he could, you know, very, very well adapt to a, a New South Wales six jersey. Um, he could even adapt to the to the green and gold of the Aussie jersey um, quite easily. He played on both sides of the, the ruck. Um, yep. he, he basically played a six and a seven role last night. He was so busy all the time. Um, mate, he, I, I, you know, he, a deserved winner of the, the Clive Churchill medal and he, um, his defence was great. Um, his only his only blemish was that intercept pass that he threw, um, yep. but for everything else that he did, uh, not only did he do it with confidence and poise, but with a touch of class as well. He, he's um, he's definitely matured this year, and obviously with the um, the help of of Cronk there, has gone to the next level. Um, uh, I, I look, he was really he was really good last year. He was really good last year. Yeah, and and he was kind of on his own. Head. Yeah. That's a different head next to him, isn't it? Oh, totally. I mean, you know, <laughs> Cooper's so. Uh, you could just see. You could just see him last night with his with his talks that he was giving about remaining calm and relaxed, and you know, he's just got that cool head head on him, and he just he inspires confidence. Um, you know, like when when the players know that he's on the field, and and Kiri really responded to that last night, um, and they look they feigned going Cooper's way a lot of the time, and and um, kept going back to to Kiri, so. You know, by about the twenty-five minute mark, I think I think the the storm would have had him figured out and understood that that um, would have had the Roosters figured out and understood that they were going to go to Kiri's side most of the night. I think they'd figured out that that Cooper's shoulder was um, as bad as everyone was thinking, and they were just merely having him on the field as a as a foil and as a as a another coach basically. And um, you know, but they they couldn't do anything about it. Um, you know, the, the Roosters just kept pushing them back and. Uh, Mate, um, a, a real dominant performance from from the from the minor premiers and now premiers. Yeah, eighteen nil at half time. I was actually surprised it was that close in terms of the scoreboard because it, eighteen points is still only three tries. Yeah, forty minutes is a long time in, in rugby league. Mm. I thought the Storm were a chance. I didn't think they were by any means likely, but they were a chance. They came out in the second half and they they gave it a crack. But it wasn't until you know Adokar's intercept that they got on the board, and that was with 17 minutes to go. And this game was well and truly gone. Mm-hmm. I think it's worth giving some players individually a wrap. I mentioned him a little bit earlier about Jake Friend and not overplaying his hand. I can only think of one play in the entire game where he probably made the wrong option. That was they were camped on uh, uh, Melbourne's line, and he and he went on the fourth tackle with it's one of those Jake Friend plays where he sort of looks up and he should have passed it, but he thinks about not passing it, and then he thinks, "Will I grubber it?" And then, "Will I run?" And then. He got trapped on the last tackle. But that didn't happen at all often. And that's a really good sign that Friend was willing to let Kiri run the show. That can be a bit of a detriment for Friend sometimes. He overplays his hand too much. But Takiyaho I thought was outstanding. Isaac Liu, who has started most of the year, came off the bench and played very, very well. It allowed Madison to come on and play an attacking role, which I think is where he's suited to. Yeah. He was able to, that, that flick pass I think I could watch you know, for the rest of the year. Tedesco, I thought, was outstanding. He threw the pass for the last for the last two tries, I think it was. But he just doesn't make mistakes, old Jimmy Tedesco, which mm. is a fair effort to have as some point my brother made. He he's a Tigers fan, so he's been watching for a few years. But he doesn't make mistakes, and that's so impressive. Everybody deserves a rap on the Roosters, but I think they were probably the players that stood out for me and for you. 
Yeah, mate. I, I, look, I, I think uh, Latrell Mitchell was was awesome up against um, Will Chambers, and he's no, um, you know, it, it, it's no no kind of mean feat to to get over the top of Will Chambers, and he has done a few times now um, at at you know high levels. Um, Boyd Cordner was was busy all night and yep. played a great captain's captain's game. Um, yeah, I think those those two, as well as everyone you said. I mean, look, everyone that played for the for the Roosters, you know, did outstanding last night. I was a bit surprised that Napper only played ten or fifteen minutes. Um, 18, 18. Uh, was it eighteen? Yeah, it was, uh, where are we? Yeah, it wasn't much. Twenty-two. Yeah, oh, okay. Well, I thought it was less than that. Um, but that's, I guess, that's all. Uh, Coach Robinson needed him to play, and um, yeah, mate. I mean, they go down in the history books now. It's their fourteenth premiership, and um, well done to them. I've got to give two other players raps that I know I've already said everybody, but Mitch Orbison, who oh, yeah. apparently yeah. would have been playing halfback the whole the whole week, yeah. came out and again just seamlessly goes into that back row role. Can play just anywhere, a, anywhere. Just a good footy player. Yeah. And Daniel Tupu, who is a player who can come in and out of games and in and out of stretches for a time, he was clued in from the first time he touched the ball, and I don't think people quite appreciate how good his first, the try to open the game was. Mm. The pass was magic from Kiri, but. Tupu had a lot to do at a very high speed there to beat yep. Bunavalo, and he did. It, he made it look really easy. Yep. He is a and he's, some of his kick returns were just fantastic. So congratulations to the Roosters. We should take a break and come back and talk about the Storm, Cocksmith. Let's do it. Not the footy show. Uh, thanks. Um, that's obviously a uh, pretty disappointing match for us to uh, to leave till till last uh, one of the season, but. Um, I think sometimes you just got to take your hat off to the opposition when they play too good, and certainly the Roosters were that tonight. They uh, they played a fantastic game. Right from the opening whistle, they uh, they knew exactly what they needed to do tonight, and they executed it perfectly. So congratulations to the Roosters, finishing minor premiers and now premiers. That's a great effort, fellas. So well done to Boyd, Jake, to Trent, and the rest of the Roosters uh, squad. And also, and particularly, uh, Luke Carey, you were fantastic tonight, mate. Well done. Um, if I just thank uh, our entire organisation, uh, all of our sponsors, everyone that helps out to get us on the field every week, all of our coaches, support staff, medical staff, you do a, a lot of work, guys, to get us ready every game. So you've done a fantastic job this year. Thank you so much for all your hard work that you put in. Uh, to the rest of our team, boys, congratulations on a great year. Unfortunately, we, um, we come up against good opposition tonight and fell short, so um, hopefully we're back next year again. Special mention to a couple of my good mates, Bill Slater and Ryan Hoffman. Uh, Hey boys, you, you both had a fantastic career. You've, uh, you've delighted so many people in the stands with what you've done on the field. And uh, you've certainly made a lot of people proud at our, at our football club. Thank you very much. Okay, it's time to talk about the Melbourne Storm. Three, time, three times in a row they've been in the grand final. They've been the best team in one of those matches, and that was against uh, the Cowboys last year. They got... Done in a really close game against the uh, Sharks yep. in 2016. I just had accounted for the Cowboys in a canter last year. 
and just couldn't get off the ropes last night against the Roosters, Cocksmith. Mm. They just didn't have an answer. No, not at all. Um, and it wasn't through lack of trying. I mean, you know, notable mention to, to, to guys like uh, Finucan, who I don't know how he's missed out on that Australian team that we're going to talk about later on, but um, he's, a, he's an amazing player um, and just keeps working. His tackling uh, workload is immense. Um, but I think, look, I, I think Melbourne weren't winning games by massive margins uh, going into the, the finals and, and, and in the finals. Um, and I think, I think the timing was right for the Roosters last night. Um, mm. and, and I also think without, without you know, kicking someone in the guts while they're down, it also, I, I think they lacked a halfback. Um, you know, Brodie Croft will probably be a, a very good halfback going forward, but he's still, he's no Cooper Cronk um, and he's no Luke Keary. Um, you know, he had little moments last night where he looked all right, but it's that organisational halfback and it might only come when, when Cameron Smith retires, you know, because he plays that role of the instructor or the, or sorry, the, um, uh, uh, the conductor of the, the whole team. And so, um, yeah, he's virtually their halfback and their dummy half. So, you know, it, it's a unique position. I mean, Munster looked frustrated all night um, and um, did a, a couple of silly things. Um, you know, a lot of people say that he plays plays like an old school football player, an 80s style player, but that's no excuse um, nah. for doing silly things. And, and well, both of them were dumb. Both of them were flat out dumb. Yeah. I think the dumbest one was the, the first pin. Yeah. He did not need to do that. The team was, they were set. Yeah. And he just went in and did the little turnover. And then, like, dude, back your team. You've been doing that all year. Just back yeah. your team. Yeah. Someone said to me, uh, someone else said to me last night, oh, you know, he, he, it's, it's, he, I like to see a, a, a modern player play in the old school way. You know, he plays tough. He, you know, he, he's a, he's a, he rips in um, and he's brave, you know. And I said, look, I actually, I actually disagree because no one else really plays like that anymore. Um, so yeah, back in the eighties when you had blokes like Blocker and, and Dallas Donnelly and Les Les Boyd running around. Boyd. You were brave then if you wanted to play fire and brimstone. Um, but not when no one's there, no one else is doing it, you know. Yeah. Um, but that's just it's actually probably the opposite of brave, to be honest. And, and Will Chambers is another example of where it can become too much of your focus. Yeah. Yeah. He, he you know, he wanted to make a statement against the troll last night and uh, And you know, didn't. Didn't. No, didn't. Not once. He did not. Not once. The only thing that may have may have left an impression on Latrell was the steed that got thrown at his head, and I still don't know how he got away with that. To be honest, um, <laughs> well, it wasn't a punch. It wasn't an extension of his arm at all, mate. No, but but my my argument to that is if Latrell fires one back, a, a straight you know a straight left hand you know <laughs> into his mouth, who gets the what happens there? The first, Do they both through, go for ten? Through the first punch, yeah. Do they both go for ten or I don't know? But anyway, he didn't, and um, Latrell kept his mind on the job and and played much better than his opposite number last night. Uh, came out on top and ended up with the Aussie jersey, which I'm really glad he did. Um, but look, Billy Billy looked dangerous when he was around the middle, but again, that lacking that halfback, which they do at the moment. Um, he played in the front line a bit, um, and Billy's much more dangerous when he's lurking, you know, around the middle. But kind of, he's 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 invisible. You know, he might be behind Smith, or he might be just on the outside, coming on the inside of the halfback for an inside ball. And 
that's when he looks more dangerous rather than trying to be the playmaker himself. So, you know, I, I think their time ran out, Melbourne. That, that doesn't mean they were no good. I mean, it's just that Roosters were very, very strong last night. Their defence uh, led the way for them. And, um, uh, yeah, I, I, other, than, other than there were no real shockers for, for Melbourne, other than maybe Munster, who, you know, first time ever that a player's been sin-bin twice in a grand final, um, yes. which is probably not a record he, he wants to, you know... Um, uh, dwell on yeah, too but he, long, but he earned it. To be fair, he earned it. <laughs> you get what you deserve. I mean, yeah. uh, a lot of lot of uh, players will tell you in football, you get what you deserve. Um, and you know that that happened to him. Hold that time. thought for a second about getting what you deserve, because I want to quickly just reflect on your comment about Croft. I think you're being a tad harsh, and the reason I say you're being a tad harsh is that Melbourne's pack got dominated. I'm just going to read you a couple of stats now. Mm-hmm. I don't really care about how many run meters you do and all the rest of it. Sometimes those metres in different parts of the game are worth more than others. But Jesse Bromwich touched the ball 10 times. Mm-hmm. Tim Glasby touched the ball six times. Joe Stimson touched the ball seven times. Christian Welsh touched the ball three times. Not enough. No. It means you're not getting any roll on whatsoever. Mm. And that is, is a result of your halfback then. I mean, he had 36 touches according to the stats. And Smith had 85. Uh, Billy Slater had 40. And Munster had 50. Mm. He wasn't invisible, but I will say that I don't think it's... And this is this is my point is that I don't think he had a chance to play a game that he is at this stage of his career able to play and be yeah. be an impact. Can player. you can you tell me but, again how many yep. touches he had? He had thirty six. How many touches did Billy have? Billy had forty. Okay, so there's to, to, if I'm reading that if I'm reading that from someone who's just looking at the stats and who may not have seen much of the game, I'm thinking obviously Billy touched the ball more. So is there a trust issue there? Is there is something is is He's, is he getting? Is he not getting yeah, the ball no, when he's calling it? It's what you've nailed. You nailed it about thirty seconds earlier, where you said that you know Billy was getting it a lot, one off the ruck. Yeah. Uh, and to to give you a uh, what's the word a uh, comparison. Yeah. Uh, friend touched the ball one hundred and forty times. Yep. Uh, Luke Keary seventy one. Mm-hmm. James Tedesco twenty five. Mm-hmm. Cooper Cronk eighteen. Yep. So it's it's just one of those things. I mean, the possession rate wasn't ridiculously in favour of the Roosters. Mm. It's just that by the time the Storm got their chunk of possession and they did have that little stretch in the second half, it was it was very hard for them to, to make a case. I wanted to talk about the bit before where you say you get what you deserve and all the rest of it. The big question really, and we'll stick on Slater, is do you deserve to get booed last night, Cocksmith? Uh, look, on the, on the broad spectrum, I don't think Billy deserved to get booed. Um, but he... Uh, he got away with uh, arguably one of the most blatant shoulder charges the week before, and that's people's. Yep. That, I don't know if people are booing Billy when they boo, boo him or, or booed him. I think they're booing the system, and they're booing that he got away with something that they deemed yep. as may have been a foul and should have been um, uh-huh. penalised. So, uh, look, Billy. Billy's one of those guys, isn't he? I mean, in Melbourne. Uh, south of New South Wales and north of New South Wales, he's very loved. Um, but he's caused a lot of pain to a lot of people in, in New South Wales whilst wearing the maroon <laughs> jersey and the purple jersey. Uh, so, you know, he's maybe not Sydney's favourite son. I think in years to come, that will that will lessen um, that, that feeling of dislike for Billy um, because he's not a bad fellow, but... No. <laughs> but he, um, I, I guess, you know, when you're in enemy territory and, and it has been enemy territory for a long time, Sydney and New South Wales to him, you've got to expect 
what you get and you've got to accept it what you get you know and i'll give the crowd credit in the sense that they were consistent it, it wasn't a touch those 40 touches 38 or 39 of them got a boo it wasn't it wasn't just oh he's got the ball at the start of the game and we'll boo him they were they just ripped into him and mm. what was fascinating about the cam smith comments afterwards where he basically said he doesn't deserve it and all the rest of it i was thinking well cam you did retire before new south wales got a chance to say goodbye to you <laughs> And that's something that is worth considering. I'm not saying whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent, but you've nailed it in regards to the last week. People feel ripped off by the system, and it's something I want to segue from that is, you know, Munster got fined for his kick in the back of the head of Joseph Manu, mm. so he's fine to play for Australia. Mm. That's a joke enough, but... And to prove we, we don't play favourites here on the footy show, Jake Friend did not a spear tackle Cocksmith and didn't even get charged. Yeah, look... yeah. Okay, um, let me go with the Munster thing first. Munster, yep. Munster's thing was frustration. It, Manu, I think, I think Manu would probably cop more at training than that. Um, you know, like as far as getting hurt or it, yep. there was really yeah. nothing. It was silly. Um, I don't know if he deserves to get any time for that. Um, you know, as much as it, it kind of um, annoys me to say that. I should, don't think a Queenslander should do any time for something. But I, I really don't think there was a whole lot of malice in it. It's, it wasn't as if it was a full-blown kick in the head. It was a... Look, when Latrell Mitchell scored a try earlier on, he kind of did a little bit of the same to Billy, um, you know, with walking over the top of him. And I'm sure that one of his shins may have hit Billy in the head or in the shoulder or something like that. Um, it, it was a dominant stance in a moment of frustration. So I don't, I don't think he deserved, you know, I mean, the fine is enough and, and maybe give him 90 carryover points or something just so that if he does it again, blah, blah, blah. Um, the Jake Friend one is interesting, though. Um, it, it didn't look great. But, but Melbourne had done something only four or five minutes earlier, which wasn't much different. And I can't remember, it was in the first half, I can't remember who it was on, but there was a, a lifting tackle, um, it may not have been, it may not have been as questionable as friends, but there definitely was, and there was no issue with it whatsoever. It was above the horizontal. It was lifting. I can't remember who it was on, but um, that was the second second week in a row that Jake has done something like that. Yep. he's got an issue he with got, his with his, and he got off with nothing last week, pretty much. Yeah, that's the bit I, I don't understand. If you're, we 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 we'll beat on this till they start doing something about it. But mm. you just if you want to get rid of the tackle. Yeah, you got you to suspend the guy. You can't just see, mm. and and it's sat into that little period just after the grand final. Where everyone goes, "Oh, it's great. We've had a grand final. It's amazing." And you get those yeah. those charges generally after a grand final mm. uh, slaps on the wrist as being harsh. Yeah. Quickly, Greg Bird need Shane Martini in the face and got ten weeks, mate. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Um, it was a little more aggressive than than what um, than what Munster offered up last night, though. But is it ten weeks different? Uh, no, I, I think I think Greg no. might have been harshly done by. I also think Greg might have had a few <laughs> issues at the time, um, so I'm, I'm not I'm not entirely sure. But let me ask you quickly about a moment. A, yes. um, second half, uh, something happened. It was down on the Roosters uh, line. Uh, Melbourne were attacking, and something went on between Jake Friend and Curtis Scott. Jake Friend um, was having a a very uh, in-depth conversation with referee Sutton about Curtis Scott punching him 
He said, he said to Sutton, he said to Sutton, he punched me three times. He said, look at it on the replay. He had me on the ground and he punched me three times in the face. Now, if he's asking the referee to look at the replay, um, there must have been something in it. You'd, no one's silly enough to say to a referee, tell it, send it to the bunker for him to have a look at if nothing went on. Um, he, and, I mean, it couldn't have been, he couldn't have been asking just to, to pad out time. Um, so something has gone on there. Um, Curtis Scott has got a short fuse and everyone knows it. Yeah, he does. He does. And he is, uh, I know we're going to talk a few, in a few minutes about predictions for 2019, but here's one for you early on. Players know who's got the short fuses and who's doesn't. And if Curtis Scott doesn't curb that, all he's going to cop for the next year or two is people winding him up because that's what they do. They will just non-stop wind him up, looking for a reaction. Players don't care if they get punched in the face. If they can get a penalty for a punch in the like, if they can get punched in the face and get a penalty for it, they'll get punched in the yeah, face ten, ten times a game. Doesn't bother exactly. them, exactly. You know. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd like to go back and have a look at the grand final and see what happened there, if there is any vision of that. Um, yeah, I, I must admit, I didn't notice it. Mind you, I was up in the stands. You're, so. you're about 80 metres away, mate. <laughs> I was a fair distance. Great, great, great seats, though. Yeah. Uh, that's the grand final wrap. 21-6, to 6, Roosters over the Storm. We'll be back after the break on Not The Footy Show. Not The Footy Show. show. You went through the ringer, you were banned for three weeks, under all sorts of pressure. How did you handle that? Champions, we won. It's all good. Have any doubts going into the game about your technique or your tackling technique? We won, we won. I know you won. (laughs) I'm asking you some questions. What's this mean to you? I'm I'm so honestly speechless. uh, I'm just so grateful. I'm so... I'm so... I've got to go enjoy it, man. What are the scenes of winning? What are the means of the crowd, means of the fans? You've won Origin. I've got to go give this to the boys. Okay, Okay, we're back. It's episode 190 of Not The Footy Show. We're wrapping up the grand final. Obviously, the result is that the Roosters are your premiers for 2018 and no one can begrudge them holding the title for the 14th time. Melbourne go one for three in the last three grand finals, mirroring a team known as Manly Warringah, if you remember uh, Cocksmith, who were dominant for three seasons, yep. but could only get uh, the one premiership mm. in 96. Yep. They then fell away massively in the years following. Mm. Mm. I'm not predicting that's going to happen to Melbourne, but it is a chance. Slater's retired. Smith probably goes around next year, but so did a guy called Jeff Tooby for another year, and his effectiveness, not saying that Tooby was Smith's calibre, but... Once you lose those those people that help you get there, it's very hard to, to stick at the top. Mm. What I wanted to talk about at the grand final, there was two other games played that day. In the first Women's Rugby League grand final, the yeah. Brisbane Broncos have crushed the Roosters 34-12. to mm-hmm. I watched most of this game once we got there in the stands. Brisbane were really, really good. Yep, They played some really entertaining football, yeah, they which did. was probably the best way to watch that as a result. And... The Roosters, they had a crack, but they were overmatched. And the Broncos end up going uh, perfect, I think, for the season. As a spectacle, Cocksmith, how much did you watch? 
I shot the whole game. I shot the whole See, women's this game. Is why, this is why I give you these opportunities, mm. mate. I, I know when you're there. Mm. We're watching you the whole time. Mm. Nice segue. Um, yeah, uh, the, the women. The, I, I like the women's game. Um, yep. It was good, and and I, I love it when they get angry. I like it when they really hook in to each other. Um, it was. Um, uh, look, the, the 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 result was expected. The the, the Broncos were very strong with um, a host of of Kiwi players as well as Australian rep players. Um, so it was it was kind of you know uh, expected. I think everyone wanted the fairy tale of uh, the Roosters um, to to you know win, but um, they were dominated pretty pretty strongly everywhere, um, and uh, they couldn't they couldn't perform that um, miracle of the week before where uh, Simon scored four tries or three tries in eleven minutes and a fourth later on, but uh, they did very well to get there considering they hadn't won a game uh, and then qualified for the grand final, which is kind of mysterious but they still got there and um uh good on them for that and uh, uh but the broncos were very deserved winners mate very very dominant they were i will give two things stood out to me in the game one was chelsea baker can run can she's run. got she set up a try in the first half i think it was where she just showed like some serious toe and got down the left hand side mm. a pretty handy pass back in for the try but my moment of the game actually came from the Roosters. Do you remember it? Do do remind me. The run that was done from about the 40-metre line. She ended up about five metres away. I'm trying to remember who exactly it was. I'm sure the tackle breaks would have been high. Was it late in the, late in the, the second half? Late in the second half. Arakua. I was... Arakua. I think you'll find Arakua. it was. She was um, a front rower with a uh, little blonde kind of uh, top and shaved sides and back. Is that her? For a name. Number 15 or 16, something like that. I do remember the run you're talking about. I've shot it. Yeah, it was it was just ridiculous. But that was that oh, was yeah. just like determination, like, yeah. come on, yeah, let's find a way here. Mm. She also smashed Ruan only a couple of minutes before that. Uh, she poleaxed her um, and Ruan coughed it up. I believe Ryan Sims. Oh, yeah, no, that was the that was the there was a run though. Uh, I'm pretty sure by the Roosters as well in that game to try and lift their team. Oh, okay. Um, who was it? I think it was. Sorry, I, sorry, guys and girls, I can't remember exactly who it was. But it was fantastic. Come You've on, seen Warwick. the replay. What's oh, I, again, I was I was 80 meters away. To be fair, <laughs> it was just amazing. It was a wrecking ball. It was fantastic, mm. and the crowd just loved the replay. They were just going crazy. 34-12, Broncos, they take the first premiership. There was another game played, yep. and that was the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs crushing the Redcliffe Dolphins in sure the Super Premiership State Championship, yep. championship final of the championship, whatever it's the called. The National State Cup or something, I think it's called. That's it. Two things in this game stood out. Oh, three things. I'll take three things. Yep. Josh Cleland can play. Yes, he, he is can. A, he's a handy footballer yep. who, for some reason, didn't get a chance in the... Uh, the flaming wreck that was the Bulldogs' uh, 2018 season. Mm. I'm not convinced he will get a chance next year, but I think he deserves it. He ended up being player of the match. Uh, Reese Martin, who probably shouldn't have been playing in this game, if we all recall the uh, interesting selection that the Bulldogs made in the round 25 where they picked him in reserve grade. He went on the field to kick the ball off and then ran off the field and played first grade half an hour later. That was just so he could qualify for the uh, the uh, state championship games or mm. the, the intra-super games. He was outstanding for the first try. But because Tony Staggs, the more I see this kid, the more I go, uh, Brisbane have another one. 
They have a, and I've, he's done some things in the NRL, but he did not stop trying this entire match. He is going to be one heck of a footy player. Yeah, yeah, very good player, mate. He's um, he's kind of got the uh, he's he's a bit smaller than Israel Folau, but he's kind of got the the Folau kind of moves, hasn't he? Mm. Um, you know, he's he's got a nice nice step and a great acceleration. He's going to be. I don't know how old he is at the moment, but I'm, I'm imagining he's going to thicken up as he, he gets older with a bit of weight and size and, and whatnot. I mean, um, they had a couple of good good players in that in that uh, Dolphins team. And, and they I, had two injuries really early on in the match as well. Yeah. They lost their back rower, yep. uh, Tavy Rudolph, I think it was, and the, the hooker, Turpin, uh, which does not help. Mm. But the Bulldogs did seem another level above, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, they, they were very dominant. Um, and, and that's probably due to... Uh, like you say, they've, they've had a couple of NRL players, um, as did the Dolphins, but the NRL players that they had in were, were probably, um, uh, you know, a, a better calibre of, of player. Um, and they were just too strong, mate. They, they, it's surprising, though, you know. I watched the end of that game and nobody looked too happy about it. There wasn't a whole lot of celebrating going on. No, there wasn't. It's because they've played their grand final week before. That's right. It's, it's not... It's an addition to the grand final calendar, mm. but it's not necessarily something that is like, I can only speak as an observer, but it doesn't seem like something that you just go, oh, I can't wait to win the state championship. It's like, all I care about is the New South Wales Cup or the Queensland Cup. It's, That's a, the... it's a bit like the World Club Challenge, isn't it? It's, um, mm. uh, you've won your grand final and then you'll go to England and try and beat a team from over there. Um, yeah, contrast that to the way that the 20s react when they win, or well, they had won the last five or six years. Yep. Or more than that. Mm. Uh, it's, well, no one really knows even who won that uh, competition this year. That's right. Two things we need I to do. talk about. Yep. Uh, out to finish off Grand Final Day, Cogsmith, and that is the unbelievably smart marketing ploy by Chemist Warehouse to put <laughs> cushions on every single seat 80, at AMZ Stadium. Yep. I rocked up with my nephew, and we'll talk about him in a sec, to go there and I thought I'll bring some cushions because um, we need to make sure that you know the seat isn't too uncomfortable throughout the day and he's going I don't want to carry the cushions I don't want to carry the cushions mind you by the end of the night he loved the cushions yeah but they they put some sunscreen they put some um, toothpaste for some reason in the back of these little pouches mm. it wasn't it was a it just looked fantastic and people picked up these things by like the dozen yeah as they walked out of the stadium. It is one of the best marketing ploys I've ever seen to try and activate around a major event. And Chemist Warehouse, if you'd like to sponsor Not The Footy Show, give us a call because we, uh, we, we think you do things well. And mm. we've got you know, at I least a base of um, 80,000 rugby league fans. I love Chemist show. Warehouse. Chemist Warehouse, uh, that's the place to be. Chemist Warehouse are fantastic. They are. I think Chemist Warehouse mm. uh, should be giving us a call. So if you know anybody who works at... Chemist Warehouse... They should get in touch with Not The Footy Show ASAP. It, just a really smart thing. And so I picked up four, and uh, they will be going on my little uh, runabout up the coast. Oh, I'll nice. Yeah. Strapping them onto the seat yeah, so good. my butt will not be sore. You've got to see these opportunities, mate. Yeah, I, I brought mine lose. home, and I didn't really even have a seat, to be honest with you. I just, there were just a couple of spareies there, and I just grabbed one and said, thanks very much. I'll take that home. Indeed. Now, I've got to give you a quick summation of the tour uh, and the day that myself and my nephew Isaac, he's 12 years old, uh, we managed to get in there as part of a competition and we rocked up and he's like, oh, I'm going to go see the dressing room. So, uh, yeah, okay. Like, he's not a massive footy head, but he likes his, he likes his footy. Mm. And we rock up and we walk in before everybody else and the, the, the mood and the kid just changes. It's like, hang on, 
I'm in rarefied air here. I'm, I'm mm. kind of special. You look pretty happy when I saw him. Then all of a sudden, we're standing there, and I'd said to him, I, re- I said, oh, I reckon there's about a 10% chance. I said this in the show the other day, remember, Clocksmith. But 10% chance the person who gives us the tour, I'll probably know. And you, you, you keep questioning my, my connections, Clocksmith. I don't, know, I don't know why that is, but I rock up, and you know who turns around the corner with the great man? Petro Sivanasiva, mm. he rocks up. He's the man who's going to give us the tour. And my nephew goes, oh, who's that? And I said, that's the 10%, mate. I've nailed it. So he goes, really? I go, really? And I said, yeah. So I went over and said good day. Did Petro remember you? Fortunately, yes. And <laughs> well, that was a case for pretty much the whole day. Imagine I was just running didn't. into people I used to work with mm. uh, and just looking at them going, do you remember who I am? And <laughs> yes, fortunately. Uh, everybody that I expected to remember who I was did remember who I was. It was great to see some um, faces I haven't seen in a while. Mm. And um, we would rock in and, and Pet goes, yeah, we're going to give you the tour. He says, I'm doing about four groups at once, so we'll see you in a couple of minutes. We walk up the tunnel. We'll go through the change rooms and naturally enough, uh, there's a certain cubicle with Cooper Cronk written down on it. I was stunned that the Roosters didn't take more precautions in regards to that, Cocksmith. Like, it was pretty mm. obvious he was going to be playing given the positioning of the uh the stall yeah yeah oh look i i don't know i think i think that they um yeah i know you're saying but i, pro- I probably would have had the stall anyway if, if, I, even yeah. if I was trying to fox because they'd the first thing they'd want to know is is anyone going to be touring the dressing room yeah well yeah. that's the thing because the storm wouldn't let anybody take any photos inside the actual did you take stalls. Any? did you take any? no mate i i am a respectful individual and so we walked through there and then uh, we walked back on the field and walking through the tunnel, he just had the biggest smile on his face. And I said to him, make sure you film yourself walking out, mate. Walk like, just hold the phone and, you know, just walk down. I was basically doing that so I could then film him walking out. <laughs> uh, so I got his attention off off what I was doing. Mm. And that was a bit of a buzz. And uh, ran, I said, ran some friends. It was great to see. And then we walk out around the corner and lo and behold, uh, 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 Josh Mansour is standing there with Petro. Mm-hmm. And... Isaac goes to me, do you know him as well? And I said, he said, oh, yeah, mate, I, I do. Actually, we had something to do with each other during the World Cup where um, we hung out for a bit and we were waiting for some of the games to start. And I've gone, like, I won't, I won't go over and overtly because you know, he's, he's met a thousand people. And anyway, my nephew couldn't help himself. As I was doing the talk, he's sort of watching to see whether Josh would recognise me. And he hadn't yet. And, and Isaac goes to me, he doesn't know who you are. He doesn't know who you are. And I said, no, give it a second, give it a second. We finally went and stand to take a photo together. The moment I walked in front of him, Josh Manslow, who's one of the friendliest blokes you'll ever meet, his eyes just lit up. He goes, oh, how you doing, buddy? Hey, young Warwick. Oh, yeah, great to see you. Didn't see you much for the World Cup in the last couple of weeks. And my nephew's just, he's, his confidence has just been shot because he's gone. <laughs> Fair income. Here's another bloke that Uncle Warwick knows. He wasn't happy. Um, got a photo, uh, you know, shot the breeze a little bit. And um, that was the hour done. And we walked off and... Um, some other bloke took our photo in the, um, or two blokes actually took our photo. One bloke took our photo in the uh, Brewster's change rooms. Thank you very much, Greg. And this other bloke just paparazzi just when we walked out of the dressing room. Mm. Do you know who that was, Cocksmith, no. by any chance? Who was it? Yeah, just straight in the face. I don't know. It must have been a good look because you haven't seen I thought photos, you were someone so. else. I thought, I thought Cooper Cronk <laughs> was walking around the corner. Yeah, so mate. Um, yeah, I was asked to play, but I had to knock it back. Oh, yeah. Anyway, that, that hour happens and it was just a fantastic experience for him. And he was on a buzz from cool. that moment on. Which was great because we had about nine or ten hours ahead of us sitting in one seat. Yeah. So I was stoked that that was the first thing we did. Yeah. Look, fantastic day for him. He kept telling me how much of a great time he had. He kept looking out for you on the sideline, Cocksmith. He goes, "Oh, where's Rob? There's Rob. Oh, there's Rob. Oh, there's Rob. I wonder if his legs sore. Is his legs sore?" 
And then he asked me, because uh, we went to a game, I think it was last year, and we went and had coffee afterwards. And he goes, yeah. oh, do you reckon we could ask Cocksmith if we could go get coffee after the grand final? I said, well, I'll ask him, but I don't think it's a... It's a bit it's late, a that one, chance. isn't it? It's, uh, it was a bit late, that coffee. But it was just, he had, he had the best time. Cool. The only time he was well and truly ready to go home was when uh, that Roosters song kept playing for fifty thousand times. Oh, yeah. I did tell him. I did tell him it's not as annoying as up up Cronulla, but he didn't believe me. And we, we got out of there, uh, walked back to our car, and he has had one of those days that he will never forget. So thank you very much, everybody, who made that happen. Thank awesome. you everybody for saying good day and making him feel welcome. So thank you very much, Cocksmith. Cool, awesome, man. And we will have a bit of kangaroos talk after the break and not the footy show. Yep. Not the footy show. show? Yeah, hello, mate. They're a bunch of legends, bro. They do everything every week, and then tonight was just bigger and better, and um, just shows how loyal the boys are in Bronte and um, even all over the eastern suburbs. So, so happy we could do it for them. In Bronte this week, you're a local junior. You've come from Bronte. All over. All I could see was signs about Victor Radley. How's that make you feel? Oh, mate, it's, it's basically just over the moon, you know, all that support. You know, everyone's just sending you great messages, and someone have signs on the head. It's so hectic, man. I'm just... I was a bit nervous for the game because I wouldn't have win for him, but stoked we did, man. Now, Cooper was out. Cooper was a bit of a passenger tonight. You stepped up in the first receiver. Was that the game plan? Oh, I wouldn't call it a game plan. I think everyone just knew they had to like, up their roll a bit there, you know. Cooper's a beast. I don't think anyone's going to know how bad his injury really was, but, mate, for him to play, I love that, though. Hey, what's on tonight? Can you tell me? Mate, beers, beers and more beers. I can't wait. I cannot wait. Have you got their phone yeah, numbers? First thing, he, first thing he said, he goes, um, so uh, how, was you, how was the World Cup for you? He goes, you had some problems? I went, oh, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Appreciate it. <laughs> do, you, um, do you have them on so, speed dial, those guys? Or? No. Okay. I don't know. You're on speed dial. Every time your phone, ring, the phone rings, you just don't answer it. Who is this? You just don't, don't even answer right, it. Mate. You look at it. Like yeah. that guy in that pie ad, you just look at the thing and go, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm going to answer that. Nice. All right, let's wrap it up, bud. Oh, by the way, you said 190 before. It's 191. Did I? Yep. I was going to pick one? you up, but I don't know. The last one. The last little intro. Okay. Mm. All right, we're back. It's episode 191. Cocksmith has been kind enough to tell me that I have completely stuffed up the ordering. And so it's 191. I may have said 190 earlier. 191. Many apologies. It's time to talk some kangaroo selection, Cocksmith. Yeah, awesome. The team has been named yes. this afternoon. Yep. You're going to have some views. I do. We, uh, would be remiss not to kick it off with some sobering news. Yep. Probably not the right word, actually. Mm. Uh, Greg Inglis apparently has been uh, pulled over by police for being for speeding and being uh, allegedly over the limit coming back from the uh, Koori knockout tournament. This is not great news. We're not going to elaborate on too much, everybody, but it's just disappointing to hear after he had been named uh, captain just a couple of hours earlier. Yeah. yeah it's a bit sad, but look... Uh... At the same time, you know, he's, he's probably going to uh, face a little bit of disciplinary talk from, from Coach Meninga or, or someone around that. And, uh, uh, you know, they'll probably have, have a question or two to ask him. But uh, either way, mate, I'm, um, uh, I'm you know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm interested in this whole, this, this team because um, these end-of-year kind of tours and these end-of-year kind of, um, it, it's kind of a weird place to, to, or for, for me anyway, it's a weird place to think about rugby league after after the grand final's done because quite yeah. often it's the full stop and, um, you know, but, uh, yeah, the, I mean, there'll be a little bit of news about that, but I, hopefully it's um, hopefully it's positive for, for GI. Do you want me to quickly uh, run through the team? Sure, why not? Okay, the squad. 
apparently picked on form is Regan Campbell-Gillard, so I can stop there on form. He had a really average end of the year. I was, oh. I don't know. Oh, oh, I was disappointed in him because I think he's better than, than what he showed in the last um, month or two of the season. Mm-hmm. But Daly Cherry Evans looks like he will be fighting out for that halfback spot. He's there with Damian Cook, Boyd Cordner, Tyson Frizzell, Valentine Holmes, Benny Hunt. He is in the squad. Greg Inglis as the captain. Felice Cafusi, David Clemmer, Josh McGuire, Jordan McLean, Latrell Mitchell, Cameron Munster, Tyrone Peachy, James Tedesco, Jake Trevojevic, Tom Trevojevic, and Aaron Woods is back in the big time. What are your thoughts, Cogsmith? About who? Well, I'm guessing <laughs> Ben Hunt and uh, Ben Hunt. Yeah, Ben Hunt shouldn't be in that squad, mate. Um, you know, I know that we've we've spoken a little bit about him this year. Um, I would have thought... I know that he's a, he's a confidence player and they probably want him to get some confidence. But, you know, at the expense of, of who... You know, um, so he's he's obviously if he's going on if he's going in the team he's going as a as that kind of utility player, um, that that guy that can play halfback or hooker. Um, yep. But to my way of thinking, it's at the expense of a Nathan Cleary. Um, I'm not sure if Maloney made himself available, um, but there's a few guys that could could fill that position, um, and I would have thought that Nathan being the halfback from New South Wales that won the State of Origin series, mm-hmm. I would have thought. Nathan Cleary, yeah. I, I would have thought that that would have given him. Uh, you, you know what I'm saying. I, I would have thought that would have given him enough points in the bank to to get to be a bench player. Um, you know, behind DCE, who uh, who didn't. So DCE didn't play Origin. He will. Walk into the halfback spot. He'll play the Prime Minister's game this coming weekend. Then mm. Hunt was the Origin halfback. Well, DC played he, in the last game. Sorry, he did play in the last game. That's my bad. Yeah. Um, but Ben Hunt, who got dropped for that game, yeah. Sorry, yeah. just to confirm my my memory that uh, he went to the bench. Game. Went to the bench. Yeah, he went. To, uh, like, I, I don't know. I just don't. And then you you say it's picked on form, and then Luke Keary goes and plays. Yeah one of the games of his life and he can't get in the squad. Yeah. I, from In my opinion, you'd, you'd <laughs> Kiri could play that role that Hunt is going to play. Uh, absolutely, he could. Uh, and look, I don't want to turn this into a New South Wales-Queensland thing because there's already enough of that going on. But, it, it but you kind, will, so go for it. But it kind of is a New South Wales-Queensland thing because we all know that the Queensland selectors um, demand a certain amount of Queensland players in any team. You know, I'm sure that New South Wales selectors probably do the same. But um, you know, for a long time, Queensland have been dominant and have had um, the run of um, the team. And you know, there's been I think there's only seven Queenslanders in this 18-man squad. Um, but I, I think there's one or two too many. Um, that's what you know. I mean, we're we're in a phase at the moment where there's a lot of of these real big name players that are retiring or near retirement. So it's time to think about the future. And and I would have thought that Nathan Cleary um, is, you know, who is the incumbent New South Wales halfback, could could get into a team, even if it's only on the bench, in front of two players um, that they didn't they didn't win the the series, you know. Um, yeah. He was you know, people will say, "Oh, but he wasn't very dominant in that in that series." He's still a twenty-year-old kid. The, the, all of these experiences will make him better and better. He certainly was better than Ben Hunt. 
in that series, certainly. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm a bit annoyed about that. I'm a bit annoyed that Kiri didn't make the team, and we don't know whether he's a New South Welshman or a Queensland, although he says he's a New <laughs> South Welshman. But either way, he, after his after his Clive Churchill um, medal-winning performance last night, one would have thought that he definitely outplayed Munster. Um, he certainly was better this year than Hunt. So there's two players that have played better than Hunt, but Hunt's in the team. So it's got to be political. There's no other way around it. It's got to be political because Kiri, as a bench player, Kiri could play um, dummy half or, or halfback or five-eighth, as could Nathan Cleary. So it's Cod's wallet, mate, that, um, that he's been chosen in there because of his ability to play hooker because hookers don't yeah. hook anymore. Hookers play... It's a two-game two test, so like, well, post-season. Yep. It's a game against New Zealand and it's a game against Tonga. Yeah. My other my other issue is with with Josh Maguire. Um, yep. Not because I don't like Josh Maguire and not because he's a Queenslander, but I would have thought that, that there are other players that could have made the team, like Dale Finucane. Um Again, I know he's a New South Welshman. I, don't want, I really don't want to turn it into that, but it, it has kind of come to that point because these guys are getting chosen merely because of the colour that they fall under for their state. Um and, you know, I, I would have thought that Finucane had done enough this year to get into that team. Um, but, look, they've, they've chosen that team and they're going to win. They're going to win anyway. Um, you know, we, we, we know that. They're gonna two, they'll get two from two. But it's denying other guys who rightfully, in my mind, should be there uh, from, from having the opportunity um, to be there. You know, and it just, um, to me, that's a little bit on the nose. That's my thoughts. Having said that, let's congratulate players that will probably make their debuts. Damien Cook, mm. I thought should have probably won the Dallie M, in my view, for the whole season and the way that that South team played and yep. came from where they were yep. before. Yep. Uh, Trevojevic, uh, Tom will, will play on the wing and Val Holmes will play, even though he's played obviously a bunch of games for Australia, they're the new wingers. That's a pretty decent back three yep. <laughs> to go into. I think well, the other yeah. debutants, obviously Mitchell, Peachy hasn't played for Australia yet, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, has, uh, and who's the other one? There's one other player. I thought who hadn't debuted. Oh, that could be it. But congratulations to all those who will get a chance, and there'll be two tests, as we said, against uh, the Kiwis in a few weeks, and then Tonga the week after that. Cocksmith, we are done. Unless you've got anything else to, to really rip into. You wanted to touch a little bit on 2019. Well, we I did, gone. but before we go to 2019, can we have a quick talk about the Dally M team of the year? Please. The six-player Daly M team of the year, and then all of a sudden the interchange player of the year. Yeah, let's have a talk about that. Um, so, <laughs> what would you like to? What would you like to discuss, mate? Well, that's a, there, there's another rot there. There's another rot going on. Seriously, uh, uh, which one? Well, all right. Well, let's go through the team. If you got it there on your little laptop, bring it up. Oh, so you're asking me to? Do, yeah, yeah. I don't have my laptop in front of me. Sorry, mate. I, I don't want to put you on the spot. But and if I bring my phone too close to me here, it starts to mess with my recorder. So. I'm, I'm doing my best, mate. Just give me a sec. Mm -hmm. You know, questions without notice and all that sort of game. Do you want some, do you want some thinking music? You've probably got <laughs> no, the music got, going I, on I, I, right now. I've got there, mate. Yeah, this is about the time. Okay. So the, the player of the year, yep. Roger Tuovasashek. Yes. Well done, mate. Uh, yep. He did, considering what he'd come back from yep. injury-wise. Unbelievable. And he plays a style that just makes you want to watch rugby league. Certainly. That's the biggest credit I can give to him. He is the player of the year and the fullback of the year. Yep. The winger of the year is Blake Ferguson. I... Yeah. I'm not going to argue yeah, with that I, too much. I, I, I thought think Blake was good. Well, Balholm suffers from playing half the year on the wing and half the year at fullback. Yep. 
because then he ended up being uh, outpolled by Roger. The centre of the year is the one that just has everybody scratching their heads. Go on. And that's uh, Joseph Leilua, who I don't think Fair even dude. turned up to the uh, like seriously. awards ceremony. Seriously, how does that um, get picked? He has won it two times in the last three years. Mate, how does it get picked? It's a raw. I don't know. Some people suggest... It used to be a poll of people at the end of the season, so if you had a good end of the year, you, you win it. And then I believe it's on Dalian vote. So he... I've got no issue with... Someone you. said he won 11, He had 11 votes or something. I've got no so issue with Joey. Could, yeah. But, but no. mate, right off the top of my head, I can come up with six that should be... that have uh, got to be in front of him, you know? But the way that the voting works is if it's li- linked to your total votes, and I, I understand he had 11, he basically gets to play well in th- four games. So he, went, he gets three man of the matches and a second, and he gets the award. So four matches out of 20... Minimum, you play well and you can win this award. It's uh, yeah, it's what it is. But yeah. let's move on to the five eight Cameron Munster. I got no dramas with that. No, I don't have a drama. With it. Luke Brooks got the halfback of the year. Not now, a chance. Not a chance. They had a really great start to the season, but how did he pull points at the back end of the season? How, how does he finish in front of? Well, how does he finish in front of anyone that we've spoken about tonight? How does he finish in front of Ben Hunt? Is that what you're saying? How did, absolutely, that's what I'm saying. How does he finish in front of Ben Hunt? How does he finish in front of DCE, um, Nathan Cleary, James Maloney? Um, I mean, any of them. Pick them. You just keep keep naming names. Uh, I well, mean, Mitchell Pearce ended up with 23 votes, mate. Well, that's right. So and how come he wasn't Brooks got half 26. Brooks got 26. Me. Yeah, but someone did bring this up about this year, this this whole theory of the, you know, if you're outstanding in a team that may be middle runners, you're more likely going to get, you know. Well, you... that was how that was how the players' champion was done for the first couple of years. You would have to vote 3-2-1 on the opposition. So mm. you could get beaten 40 points to nil and get more votes in a match than a player who was part of that team that won 40 points to nil. And so, so let's go after the halfback. Who's the front runner? Okay, here? so the lock the of lock. the year was Jason Tamalolo. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'm he okay a, with it. He's, he was a, a bright spark in their, their year. Hmm. The second row of the year, to your point exactly, was Josh Jackson, who definitely bounced back halfway through the season yeah. after a pretty poor he start. Had a, he had a stronger back half the of the year. The Dogs won like six games of the year. No, no. I mean, no, no. I don't know. Uh, the front row of the year was Andrew Fafita. Yeah. I'm all right with that, I guess. And then Cook gets hooker of the year. I agree with that. There's about three that's in fine. there that I think are, you know, like the, the general public would probably look at it and go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. But there's another five or six in there that people just would look at it and go, what? what? How is this <laughs> yeah. voting done? They'd be better off, yeah. you know what they'd be better off doing? They'd be better off running a poll, a 1-800 number that you ring up after each game and put in votes. People, general public can put in votes. Three, two, one. Or an online voting system or something that, you know, I mean, it's to my way of thinking that it just, I hate it. I hate it when an awards thing loses credibility. I hate it when a, you know, a Dally M awards and someone's name, a Wally Lewis medal, someone's name loses credibility. That's what annoys me about it because it, it kind of waters down everything before it and possibly after it as well. I mean, yeah. You know. And uh, the final award went to um, Joe Stavunga, who won the Interchange Player of the Year, which is, yeah. again, I Whatever. he did play pretty much the entire year. He played very well off the bench. But if you've played 
the majority of the year off the bench, like the vast majority, then it comes down to only a couple of players that can probably win that award. It's a, it's it's one I don't completely understand, but anyway, smarter people than me are coming up with these things. And a big credit to Ryan James, who won the Ken Stephen Medal uh, mm. for his work off the field. Yeah, it's deserved. Cocksmith, we are running perilously short on time because yes. we're already up to an hour of yeah. the show. Are we on vape? Do you want to hold? Do you want to hold out? No, let's quickly talk about it. Let's time. let's allocate three minutes. Go. Uh, 2019. Who's your favourite? Favourite team to win the 2019 will be, um, given that I don't know who's signed with who yet, or, or you know, like it's, I haven't got it all in front of me. But you know, you, you've just got to look at the top four from this year and understand that at least two of them will be there again next year. Um, from my way of thinking, um, I think I think you know, there's some teams we, we spoke about this last year. You know, the top eight. You know, are there any are there going to be any other teams in the top eight? And if so, who who misses out next year? Um, yeah. I think, given what I've seen this year, I think there will be one or two changes um, to the top eight. But I don't know who's going to go yet. Um, the Warriors are, are one of those teams that they, they could go exceedingly well or they could go um, yeah, embarrassingly bad. Um, I think it just depends on, on the start of the year and obviously you know how things, how things start for them and, and roll out, you know. Um, but I, I do think there will be some teams better. I think the Raiders will be better. Um, just because of, you know, they've got, a, they've got a coach down there that knows how to, how to capture a, a team and have them believing in something. Yep. And I think that I think he'll, he'll rise above again. They proved at the back end of the year this year that they, you know, they have a consistent year. They're, they're, top, they're a top eight team. Um, I'm not sure. And they have picked up one of the three players that have been nominated for the Man of Steel Award in the UK. Mm, that's John right. John Bateman for next year. So yep. they've, they have recruited. Mm. Uh, they might have recruited many from around the NRL, but they have recruited. That's two yep. players from the UK Super League coming in. Yep. The other team, obviously, we, we look at as a as a threat of sorts is the Knights. Do they get, yep. They'll get a better. full year of Mitchell Pearce? Do they get a full year of Kalen Ponga? They've picked up a lot of players again. Another off-season of building the strength of the roster. Yeah. But to your point, who then drops out? You've still got to lose. You know, if we say that the Roosters, Raiders and the Knights come in, that means two of the Roosters, Storm, Rabbitohs, Sharks, Panthers, Broncos, Dragons, and Warriors have to miss out. Mm. Are you telling me that I will get dinner paid for me next year? Is that what you're saying, Jimmy? Well, you never know. I'm not too sure. But that depends on your team, mate. So <laughs> if you want to run the same bet yet, even though you haven't paid off two two eight. Hey, 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 hey. We are right. open to that. It'll happen. I know it'll happen. You're good for it. I know that. You're cashed up and you're good for it. So, um, <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's going to be very interesting, mate. And I think that, you know, as the off-season progresses, the, you know, the, the whole rugby league story and cycle and um, uh, drama just keeps bubbling along and, and we should... Um, you know, keep uh, offering our advice on these things because our thousands of listeners want to hear it. Especially those uh, listeners that should get along to Chemist Warehouse. Oh, Chemist Warehouse. place where you can get some stuff. What did they have in the, in the little bag again? What was it, a bag of vitamins? Or there was, was a uh, some sunscreen and a toothpaste from the one that my nephew opened. Was it toothpaste? I wonder what was in that yeah. tube. I thought it might have been yeah. KY or something. It um, didn't work the way you hoped it would? No, I didn't try it because my, my um, cushion didn't have the bag of goodies inside it. It was just a blank Ooh. cushion. So, Unlucky. Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't know, you know, whether it was Stephen Dank-esque or if it was, you know. <laughs> and I'll spare a thought for the, the, 
the people who rocked up to work one day and they said, oh, yeah, you're just going to put 80,000 little uh, seats, seat covers yeah. on yeah. every seat. Like, I want to know when they started that and how long it took them. I'm just fascinated <laughs> by something like that. I don't know why. I'm sure right you now, Cocksmith, yeah. the grand final is between who and who next year? Oh, wow. So you're going to ask me uh, 51 and a half weeks out. I think the grand final next year will be between the Panthers and South Sydney. All right. Wow. There you go. I went there. I reckon the Chookies get back. They'll be back there next year, assuming Cooper Cronk's uh, shoulder is reattached. Yep. Like it will need to be done. And I'm going to go... Every fiber of my being wants to believe in the dream, but it's not going to happen. So uh, Roosters Panthers for the grand final. There you go. Wow. We are on the uh, on, on on the record uh, on Phil Gould's bandwagon once again. Wow. Unabashed fans, uh, Cox Smith and was. That is the episode 191. Uh, we will be back in this off season doing our uh, grand final retrospectives. I'm sure the first one will be involving uh, Pat Richards, who has shown an amazing. Uh, interest in doing future shows, Coxman. So it's nice that the first chance we got to do a show after you had chatted to him and said, we'll get you on for future shows. Mm. You've brushed him just like he brushed me. So I, I do feel, <laughs> I feel, I feel good that you've done the same thing to him, mate. That's, that's, that's real nice. So mate, Patty, he knows just, mate, brush give me a call. Don't worry about this other bloke, but, but you know, <laughs> just use you for your Canadian clubs and uh, we will uh, yeah. reconvene in the next week or two. I think we have to catch up for the dinner yes. in the next week or so, Cocksmith, before we will. you head we'll, off to wherever you're heading off to. Yeah, we'll, um, we will very much try and do it. I'm, I'm actually, I'm probably free next uh, Friday night if you're around. So uh, well, there you go. pencil it in. Indeed, no one cares, so we'll leave to this show right now. Absolutely. Uh, I'm at NRL Tweet on Twitter. You are at R-O-B-B-C-O-X, that's Rob Cox. And on Instagram, I'm sure you're going to be putting some photos up from the grand final, Cox. Maybe yeah, I'll, I'll, st- I'll stick a couple up, mate. Um, if anyone's interested, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, in the next day or so, I'll, I've got to go to Canberra tomorrow for work. But after I get back, I will put a couple of, I'll put, I don't know, a little gallery up, eh? Yeah, sounds good. And you can get us on Facebook, facebook.com slash NRL podcast. We did have a shout out on the tweet from Gavin, who said he finished listening to the podcast uh, today, so it's good that he managed to listen to our whole predictions the day after the grand final, but thank you, Gavin. He said, excellent chat with the great Pat Richards. More, please. Yep. So, Gavin, we will deliver with that, whether it's just more Pat Richards, and we've just completely misunderstood what you're saying, or we'll actually get other guests on. Um, Petro, who actually does remember who I am, may indeed be one of those next guests, Foxman. We'll see how we go, eh? Yeah, well, I, look, I think... Um now Pat's Pat's happy to do it, mate. He's not going to do it every week, but he's um he's he really interested in in podcasting and uh, loves talking about football. Um, so you know we will we'll definitely um we'll definitely get him get him back on and uh, and hang out with him. And hopefully you'll be available in person this time. You won't be priorly booked or something. <laughs> yes, let's let's go with that. All right, that's episode 191. Congratulations again to the Sydney Roosters. They have won the 2018 Premiership, ending the Melbourne Storms run at one and done and we still don't have a repeat back-to-back uh, premieres since 97 98 let's not pretend it's 92 93 it's going to be interesting to see whether the roosters and cooper Cronk can get up for another mm. title next year cocksmith we will be back again later this offseason and hopefully a little bit more regularly through the offseason this time around on not the footy show catch you later mate you didn't do the normal one mate i want the, I want the normal one Cash me outside. How about that? See everybody. See you, mate.
Not the free show. Show? Mate, we've got a we've got a question here from BC from the MK Cup group. He's saying who? BC. Uh, no, it's that bloke. I don't know who that is. He's got another name. Do you want me to say that? <laughs> okay, yeah. Oh, Brennan Clark. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, he no, says no, you mentioned it. He says, "How is it possible to break a calf bone and still play?" Well, he's either is that directed at you, Cocksmith, or is it directed at Blake Ferguson? Oh, I'm not sure, mate. I I know he has a love hate relationship with uh, Fergo, so um, he does. <laughs> So maybe we'll just, I'll, I'll give you my run on it. Um, I broke my calf bone earlier on this week, as you know. Um, oh, mate, I, I actually saw the leg come off. Yeah, yeah. That's why I was at his place the other week. I was sewing it back on everybody. We, we Wonders of modern science. Dr. Woz came over and played doctors and nurses with me and we got it back on. Uh, so that was interesting. Um, but yeah, it, it is possible to play with a broken calf bone. The next, he's got another question. Yes, he says, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll ask this one. I've just okay. had it come across me. He says, um, "Should I?" No, that's not it. No. Uh, now that Cocksmith has been awarded Rookie of the Year in the MK Cup for 2018, will he push on for greater honours? It's a fair, fair challenge to you, Cocksmith. I think mm. what he's saying is that you, you've snuck in for Rookie of the Year based on your contributions this year. Yeah, but are you capable of more? Is what he's asking. Well, look, it's 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 actually been a, a pretty rapid rise to the top at the second half of the year, considering I was banished halfway through the year for probably a four to six week period, um, given a, an enforced break from the sheriff down there in the Shire. Yeah. The Shire. Sheriff sheriff for, sheriff for NRL Jake Dishery chairman, I say. Yep. Yes. Uh, so look, yeah, um, am I going to go on for greater awards? Absolutely I am. Um, hopefully I will get the, uh, uh, the, the brother of Ben Hunt award next year, Mike, and um, hopefully I'll get that, that award. Um, for the, you know, for 2019, that's the award I'm looking for. Mm. Ben's brother, Mike. Um, yes. And BC's got one more question, mate. Should said actually don't put that one in okay so let's not put that one okay in. we won't put that one in i think he's saying try to Clearly, gee, he's going to have a heart attack when he hears the start of that and we cut it off. Yeah. Um, we lucky that lucky we left it out. Yeah, exactly. All right, we'll speak to you next time, Coxman. Catch you later, mate. Not the show. That was what? How do we go for an hour and 10 minutes? Pepsi.